All right. How you doing, man? Looking forward to talking to you today. We're continuing in this vein of your triune brain, my triune brain, our triune brain. And what I want to start off with today is so what? I mean, like, how how is understanding the triune brain going to help me? How is it, you know, why are we talking about this, man? Why should I care? And um, I just want to tell you that I, I have found that understanding the brain, the triune kind of functional nature of it, and how the brain was designed, how the brain functions, it has helped me personally with some things that I've dealt with and struggled through, but it's also helped me help others as a pastor and a counselor all these years. So here's a, here's a way to think about something. John 1, 14, John chapter 1, verse 14 says this, uh, the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. But it ends with this phrase, this thought, Jesus was full of grace and truth. What I found is understanding the brain is true. <laughs> In other words, it's, 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 uh, you know, it's, it's, it's factual, but it also brings grace. My understanding of the brain has helped me feel better about myself with some of the struggles I've had. It's helped me help others understand why, why do I struggle with this and that person over there doesn't? Why do I struggle with this and my, my siblings don't? Why do I struggle with this and my spouse doesn't? Um, the bottom line is, I believe grace and truth should be in equal amounts. In other words, lots of grace, lots of truth. And I believe the truth of understanding your brain has helped bring the grace level up. And I'm going to give you an example of that in just a minute. There's a, a saying uh, in prayer circles about gap fillers, that an intercessor, someone who's given to intercessory prayer, is a gap filler. They fill the gap for people between the person and their issues and God. Well, here's an interesting way to think about this whole idea of grace and truth. Gap finders. In other words, people that are good at saying, oh, well, you... You know, you don't manage your emotions well, or you don't make good decisions, or you know what, dude, you, you're just an angry, mean person. That would be what I call a gap finder, not a gap filler. Gap finders are great at pointing at problems. And here's the deal, guys. Gap finders are a dime a dozen. I don't know about you, but all you have to do is tap it, almost anybody on the shoulder, and they'll be happy to find the gaps in your life and your behavior and your choices and kind of just tell you what's wrong with you. But a gap filler, a gap filler is someone who, who sees what you're struggling with, who sees your challenges, who sees what, what, what you want to be different and you just haven't figured out how to make it different yet. But a gap filler says, you know what? I want to I be part of the solution. I want to help. I want to learn what I need to learn to be be functionally valuable to you, you might say. All right, if we're going to do that, and, and I'm sort of, we're still talking about the brain. We're still talking about the three parts of the brain. But I want to get, for some of you, you know, there's always some people out there that fall in one of these four categories. I found years ago when I was writing a course on Christian counseling, um, I, you know, I found that counselors, and if counselors do, we're all going to kind of fall on this continuum. But counselors tend to fall in one of four areas. And I'm going to give them to you, but I want you to think about where where are you in this, okay? 
So counselors tend to fall in one of four areas, and that is, the first one is a secular or non-Christian perspective or view. What does that mean? It means human reasons, the ultimate source of truth. There's nothing out there but us. There's no absolutes. There's no spiritual dimension. Now, my guess is there aren't very many people listening to me that are in that camp, that perspective. I call it the under-spiritualized perspective. In other words, there, there's, there's not a sense of God in, in, in our spiritual beings and all that kind of stuff. The second view that counselors tend to fall in, and again, it would apply to us also, is what I would call the uh, hyper-Christian or hyper-spiritual. And this is where revelation supersedes reason, which I would probably agree with, but it doesn't like throw reason out the window. This would be what I would call the over-spiritualized. This is the kind of person who, when you're depressed, they say to you, well, you know, I think you just need to pray more and read your Bible more. Or they say to you, you know, uh, if you'll go home and put on worship music in every room of your house, I, I think you can drive that oppression out of your house. And so they, they reduce emotional, relational challenges to this grossly oversimplified, hyper-spiritualized, uh, I call them bumper sticker solutions. And um, honestly, I, I don't have a whole lot of patience for that. I really don't, because it's very low on the grace and truth scale. Um, this person, if you're in the camp of being over-spiritualized, you reject any source outside of the Bible. Any source outside of the Bible. And um, you're not going to enjoy me, probably, because I, I do most of my reading from what I would consider secular sources, meaning people that don't either quote the Bible. Now, they might be Christian, but why do I do that? Because they tend to be ahead of the curve on, in these areas of psychology and some of those things. And the bottom line, guys, I want to help you. I want to help myself. All right, so... Oh, uh, under-spiritualized, over-spiritualized. And then the third group that um, counselors tend to fall into is what I would call the parallel view. What in the world is the parallel view? Parallel view is, I, I, I'm a Christian. I believe Scripture. I believe all the tenets of Scripture. But at the same time, I'm a counselor, and I study psychology and all that kind of cool stuff. But here's the deal. I haven't really integrated the two. I, I'm a Christian out here in my everyday life, but when I step in that appointment with you, whether it's because of the fear of our current culture or what it is, I'm going to so adhere to the the dictates of our culture that I'm not going to bring my Christianity in here. Now, do I occasionally meet with someone who's not a Christian? And am I careful in how I word things? Do I maybe even ask them permission to pray for them or can I talk about God? Absolutely. I'm happy to do that because I may nudge them toward a relationship with God. But what I'm talking about is somebody who's solidly Christian, maybe even a well-trained counselor, but they haven't figured out how to marry the two. And that's what I would call the, the, the very, uh, I mean, the parallel view. And then the last, and again, this is, um, uh, counselors tend to fall in one of these four groups. And the last would be what I'd call the integrated or balanced perspective or view. And this is where you're a solid believer. You, you get outside of just the Bible. Although, guys, trust me, the Bible is, is the book. It's it, man. It's the, it's the bomb. 
But I read a lot of what I, here's what I do. I call it sanctified psychology. I bring a lot of what I call sanctified psychology into what I'm doing. I don't believe God's afraid of science. You got to let that one sit on you for a minute. Oh, well, I'm afraid if they keep learning, they'll figure out I'm not here. Well, you know what, guys? God is there, and he's not worried about science dethroning him. And I don't think we should be as afraid of it as we tend to be. Now, why am I saying all this? Because I want you to understand your triune brain. I want you to understand what current and recent research has taught us. And I found it to be extremely helpful in supporting and encouraging my own journey and why I get trapped in ways that I do, and also giving me the ability to have grace and truth to be helpful in the lives of other people. So what we're going to do next week, we're going to continue to talk about the triune brain. It looks like we're going to be doing it for a little while. But what I want to do is talk next week about an example of how I apply what I've learned about the brain to anger, for instance, to someone who's got controlling issues, uh, OCD, obsessive compulsive, depression, anxiety, all these different things. And we're going to find that, yes, there's spiritual issues at stake or involved. Yes, there's, there's thinking issues, as a man thinks. But we're also going to find that the hardware through which we do all those things, the brain, plays a really, really critical part. And um, I want you to be aware of that for yourself, but I want you to be aware of it for other people also. All right. I'm looking forward to it, man. I will see you soon, next week.